Make you cry at the beginning of the show this I, time. I was gonna say, no, wait till the end. No, I usually, usually I cry somewhere during the show, <laughs> and I, but usually it takes till we get to like a sort of an emotional apex, as it were. <laughs> but instead of flattening the curve, Sean apparently is very interested in spiking it early on. Kate Bush, this woman's oh. work, which will figure strongly into this particular episode of the Brian Oak Show, the podcast you're currently listening to, episode 47 from the Smart Start MN Studios, an episode that I have subtitled Your Mom, (laughs) (laughs) because Sean, we are going to talk to your mom, and we're also going to talk to my mom. It's the checking in series here. So here we are, everyone in lockdown, and I find that it's more important than ever to check in. Like Zoom has been fun, and you know, it's I, I find myself making more phone calls than I've made since I was a teenager. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of our folks, let's just admit it, aren't the most tech savvy in the world. So just picking mm-hmm. up the damn phone and calling your parents. That's what we want you to do. That's why we're doing this episode. Every Wednesday night, my parents and I and my sister Jenny and me, we do a sort of an inner circle family Zoom and my parents are the ones who set that up. So they're more tech savvy than I am. If if you said, Brian, you have to set up a Zoom meeting right now. It's crucial. Brian, I'd be like, <laughs> I, w- I would run to the bathroom and lock myself in it because I wouldn't know what I was doing. So here we are in lockdown. That is Sean Bernard. I'm Brian Oak. What, uh, anything changed? I haven't seen you since late last week anything uh different in the world of shelter at home for you you know that effing snow hit me really hard and yeah. it hit a lot of people i know really hard because we're already quarantined yep. the one thing we can do is put on our masks and go for a walk right yep. but it was so brutal that we couldn't even do that it was just depressing and then i'm looking out the window and two cardinals just kind of came in yep. and flew up and i was like and it's gonna be okay Look we're gonna you. be all right you're like you're like the Walt Whitman of the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And today is a weird day. So again, we broadcast, or we rather record here in the Smart Start MN Studio in Southeast Minneapolis, or uh, pretty much South Minneapolis in Minnesota. And today is another weird day. Now it always snows in April. My memory from two years ago today, we had a, a foot and a half snowstorm. Yes. Yeah, um, brutal. That I went out and shoveled a number of times because I'm like, if you save it all till the end, that's heart attack snow. And I'm moving on in years, Sean. I hate. To to break it to you Grandpa's but I am. getting older well it happens to all of us sadly like it or not um and i'd forgotten that we had like a wicked so today isn't really so we got a bunch of snow over the weekend but then today has been one of those squalls where there's a line of snow comes through it's bl- a blinding sideways blizzard and literally five minutes later it's sunshine outside that's crazy it, it just keeps going back and forth it, and my moods go with it so it's, it's great. been going all <laughs> damn day well to add to that I don't know if you heard, but down in Indonesia, one of the most active calderas slash volcanoes on the planet, Krakatoa, erupted in the last few days. I know. And and in spectacular fashion. Luckily, nobody lives very close to it anymore because it's such an active volcano. But also, there are fires in Chernobyl's exclusion zone. 
which are not quite to the reactor yet, but they're blowing right over there. Oh. And already, because the entire area, you know, Chernobyl being one of the nuclear reactors that's melted down on planet Earth, everything around there is irradiated. And there are giant lizard people who live in the area. And as everyone knows, Sean, don't give me that look. As everything <laughs> burns, the radiation levels are spiking, but now the fires are starting to get closer to the old reactor, which they kind of contained, but didn't entirely contain. So... The world, it, it does it does seem a little bit like the book of Revelations right now, but I think everyone just needs to breathe and roll your shoulders. And I'm not saying that's to talk down to anybody. I'm not a meditator and I'm not a yoga guy. But I find that every time I start thinking about this stuff or when I first wake up in the morning, I have to breathe. I have to let my shoulders slump a little bit and then think about facing the day even though I'm doing virtually nothing these days. And can I just say this, that... that- I've had a couple of friends that I've made some complaints and they're like, oh, hey man, a lot of people have it a lot worse off. And I'm like, I know they do. Of course they do. But guess what? You get to say this blows. This sucks right now for so many different reasons. Yes, I'm thankful that I don't have it. I have a friend who got it and thankfully he's recovering right now. But this sucks. For everyone. This really sucks for everyone right now. And again, I'm not saying, oh man, I've got the plight of a, a you know, a refugee who's been on the run for 20 years. Like, no, that's no. not what this is like. But for what our day-to-day life is normally like, and I appreciate humility. I like the idea that, you know what, I'm getting perspective right now. Yes. I'm making less money than I've made since I was 20 years old right now. Also, there is a global health threat underway right now. It's forcing new perspective, and that's why I like to keep thinking about this and talking about this, because what is it going to look like on the other side? And we don't know exactly when the other side's going to be. I heard the stay-at-home rule just got extended to May 13th. Is that right? I didn't know that. I did not hear that yet. So I I thought it was May 4th. I thought they did it in California, and I thought they extended it here for at least another week after that. Well, I think that all that really matters is what Trump says. And if Trump says that all the governors should change it to May 13th, then that's what should happen. Hmm. That fuckhead. No! Oh, I just can't. You know what? Here's what what stay at home is going to do. Oh, you know what you you made me want to do right there is I'm sorry to all the Bernie supporters out there. I know that we need more progressive politics in place. I couldn't agree more with you if we were sitting around drinking coffee and having a philosophical discussion. Unfortunately, the world is literally on fire with actual fire and bacteria right now, and also a lot of hatred, a lot of greed, a lot of infighting, that needs to be quelled. I do not love Joe Biden at all. If you are a lefty, and if you're not a lefty, I'm sorry, please don't unsubscribe from the show, but if you are, look, man, Bernie will advise him. There will be progressive injections of politics. If you are a lefty who can't believe what the last few years have been like, you got to pay attention, but that's not what we're talking about today. (laughs) Today, we're talking about our personal lives, and we're checking in with people. That's what we've been doing the last few episodes. We've talked to some great former guests, some new guests, and today... Well, this checking in episode is called Your Mom, because we're going to talk to Sean's mom, Colleen, and my mom, Judy, just ahead on the show, and we wanted them to each pick songs, and I'm going to be honest, not the these songs are not all wildly upbeat. No. Apparently, your mom and I, my mom are both going through lockdown in the same way. Yes. They're a little bummed yes. out. But this first song we're going to play is one of my picks, because she's one of my... 
you know, we talk about losing John Prine, and we're going to hear some John Prine in just a moment. And a lot of people, including Jason Isbell, referred to him as now there's a vacancy for the greatest living American songwriter. Mm. I think Jason Isbell is in that conversation, but the other person I would put in that conversation is the woman we are about to hear. Oh. Um, in 2018, she put out the best album of her career, in my humble opinion, which is saying a lot because yes. she had put out a half dozen brilliant albums before that. But every time I see her, I break into tears. Of course, I also break into tears over a good insurance commercial. So that might not be the best watermark, you know, might not be the best metric. But Brandy Carlisle in early 2018 put out an album called By the Way I Forgive You. You know, and she and her partner are a mom, uh, both moms, now twice over. But this was her experience with what being a mother means, the humility, the sacrifice, the unconditional love that goes into being a mother and that's why today we decided we're going to check in with our moms here on the brian oak show this is brandy carlisle with the mother welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind you're tethered to another and you worried all the time you always knew the melody but you never heard it rhyme she's fair and she is quiet lord she doesn't look like me she made me love the morning she's a holiday at sea the new york streets are as busy as they always used to be but i am the mother of Evangeline The first things that she took from me Were selfishness and sleep She broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep She filled my life with color Canceled plans and trashed my car But none of that was ever who we are Outside of my windows Are the mountains and the snow I hold you while you're sleeping and I wish that I could go All my roadie friends are out accomplishing their dreams But I am the mother of Evangeline And they've still got their morning paper and their coffee and their time And they still enjoy their evenings with the skeptics and the wine Oh, but all the wonders I have I will see a second time From inside of the ages through your eyes You are not an accident where no one thought it through The world that stood against us made us mean to fight for you And when we chose your name we knew that you'd fight the power too You're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me I'll never hit the big time without you So they can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine Cause I am the mother of Evangeline They can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine I am the mother of Evangeline. Ooh, 
Songs never last too 
songbook but an important one um it was a week ago today that we lost who some have called the greatest american songwriter of all time and i know that's big talk given you know that we've got your bob dylan's and your bruce springsteen's and your bonnie rates and other things but john prine that one as we talked about on the last episode of the brian oak show was a heavy hitter that one laid me low because that guy could be ironic and sardonic and hilarious but he could also absolutely destroy you. And here was why, he was real. He knew how to tell a story. The line, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes, means that it's not just hearing the story about a a war veteran who has become addicted to drugs. It's told from the perspective of a child. The fact that the word daddy's is thrown in there, it changes the whole narrative. And it is a song that I had to take my headphones off of because I'm not crying twice in the first 20 minutes of the show, Sean. All right. Hey, it, it's, it's the Brian. That's funny. It, well, <laughs> seriously, it's the Brian Oak Show, episode 47. And we're continuing our checking in series. This episode is called Your Mom, because in just a moment, we're going to talk to Sean's mom, who picked that particular song. And later on, we'll talk to my mom. But I do want to mention Sean Bernard, because during these weird, uncertain lockdown times, Sean actually works for Edina Realty at the 50th and France outlet and people believe it or not in these uncertain times are still buying houses selling houses or at least planning for the other side of what this thing looks like are we in lockdown till early May are we in lockdown till October Nobody knows yet, and we have to take it one day at a time, but that doesn't mean we can't plan for our future. Is that correct, Sean? That's exactly right. I've got a place, one place right now. They've got a guy in there with a mask and gloves doing some painting work right now, and another place. They're just wrapping up the construction, and and uh, once that's all done, we're going to list. And uh, people are just being very careful, uh, bringing Purell, bringing masks and gloves to do showings, and we're also doing virtual showings, which I can go in there with mask and gloves and bring my cell phone and, and walk people through a location. But just give me a call at 612-859-2594 if you're looking to buy or sell. Remember, a portion of every sale goes to the Warming House, a local nonprofit music venue on 40th and Bryant. They're in the basement of Farmstead Bike Shop. You get a one-year membership for two if you buy or sell with me. Just 612-859-2594. And they do amazing shows over there. It's a tiny little room. It is so intimate. It's so real. So that's very good. So thank you, Sean. Um, We are doing this series called Checking In, and I got a visit, well, a, a sort of a distance visit from my mom over the weekend on Easter. But first, before we talk to my mom, we're going to talk to your mom, Sean. Tell me her name and uh, and bring her into the show. My mom's on the show right now. So my mom's name is Colleen McCarthy. Hello, mom. Hi, Sean. I guess your real name is Colleen Jordan, but I, I always go with Colleen McCarthy. Well, there's McCarthy. other names there too, but... <laughs> <laughs> she had a couple of names over the years. Well, Colleen, it sounds... Colleen Elfrey McCarthy, Barnard Jordan, party of one. <laughs> it sounds like you might be Irish. It, it sounds like there's the slightest possibility that, 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 like myself, you might be Irish, Colleen. Maybe my brothers and sisters, Justin, Shannon, Colleen, Patrick, Carey, and Aaron. So, what do you think? Armenian? I'm not really sure what to go with there. <laughs> so, mom just. Yeah, but I am also half French. She so. is. She's got some Montreal in her as well. So, uh, and her, they're French Canadians, actually. So, mom, tell people where you grew up. Where'd you grow up? I grew up on 65th in Portland in Richfield, Minnesota. 
And you started out on 38th and Harriet. And where'd you go to? Where'd you go to school? St. Peter's on Nicollet and 56th, right around there. And then the Holy Angels. And then Holy Angels after that. And then Holy Angels. Absolutely. So why did you pick that particular John Prine song? Well, you're. He just pretty much said it all. I, you know, I was at an age where. You know, everything was new to me. I was out in the real world and whatever when he wrote that song. And and talk about real. He, and he, he made you see things and feel things that you didn't even know were touching you. And it, he was everything about his writing to me was so non-judgmental. You know, when he wrote about this guy with the hole in daddy's arm, um, he wasn't judging him or making, you know, my idea of anybody that was using a needle was some junkie in an alley somewhere that was a bad guy, you know. And in this case, you felt so many things about him. And, and you know, that was Vietnam and body bags on the news every night. So he just was able to see it and say it without offending or hurting anybody. I just love that guy. Absolutely. So one of the amazing things about our relationship is music, and you're the one of the biggest reasons why I love music and I'm passionate about it. But you've also had this incredible life where you've gotten to meet different artists along the way. Um, <laughs> why don't you start with Bob Dylan? How did you meet Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan was, a, well, an acquaintance of a guy that I was going out with who was a little bit older than I was, and also a musician. And Bob Dylan, who was Bob Zimmerman at the time, was playing at the 10 o'clock scholar over in Dinky Town. Yeah. And, and this guy that I was going out with also played there. And, and then, you know, occasionally, so they knew each other. I met him. Then, you know, he was Bobby Zimmerman, another guy. And, but he, we would go over to people's houses and, you know, how that goes, party, house parties or whatever. And the guys would pick up their guitars and play or whatever. And, the truth is that I always thought this guy's an amazing writer and, you know, whatever. But he was he was just an ass sometimes. He was, <laughs> he was like, you know, I mean, he would, you know, give you, like if somebody was talking while he was playing, he would stop, stop playing and kind of admonish them or whatever. <laughs> I, you know, me, Sean, it would just be... Get over yourself, for God's sake. She wasn't doing anything, you know. Well, and he was um, doing mostly covers when he was Bobby Zimmerman, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. If I, I thought he was doing a lot of Woody Guthrie work before he became Oh, Bob he Dylan. might have been. Yeah, that's true. I think you're right. We, and, you know, obviously we all know how talented and everything. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, that doesn't give you the right to be a jerk, you know, so. I exactly know. He, I mean, the man's won the Nobel Prize for Literature, <laughs> but I believe that for all seven decades of his career, he's sort of widely been recognized as someone who's not the easiest person <laughs> to be around. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm afraid almost to say that. Sean had another podcast going one time. He had a couple of Irish guys come in there, and they, Sean, of course, said, my mom met Bob Dylan because they were talking about him. And I said, well, yeah, Sean, here we go. No, I didn't really like him that well. And they were so offended. <laughs> but you be, you were a big fan at one point, though. Well, I wouldn't say that, Sean. Yeah. I was always a fan of, yes, what he was saying. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, obviously from a different perspective than a lot of people. And he, he was like in that. He was saying things that the people that I surrounded myself with were feeling, you know. So... Um, 
Yeah, I was a fan, I guess. But Well, I, I, you bring up a very interesting point for me, Colleen, is that we live in sort of an era, a weird era of culture where, you know, people didn't used to ask, well, because not as much was known. There weren't as many ways to find out what people were like. So it was easier to separate the artist from the artwork. It was easier to separate the person from the output. True. And, you know, so he clearly changed the course of American songwriting. He clearly set the world on fire. He clearly was admonishing us and challenging us on the daily back in the 60s, even into the 70s, even though he, I mean, if you watch any of those documentaries about him, I've never seen anyone, anyone who had a more open contempt for his fans than Bob Dylan. Like, he he, he was, he is a jerk. I'm sorry, and I, I'm going to go on record and say it now. I'm so glad to hear somebody All say these that. years later. No, he's an ass. He's an absolute <laughs> ass. But, yes. but he's an ass. Well, here's the deal. Pablo Picasso, also widely known to be an ass. Ernest, yeah, Hemingway, right. er, Ernest Hemingway, also widely known to be impossible to be around. And they're all artists of one kind or another ilk. <laughs> that I think are amazing. I just, well, Sean can tell you, I, I don't, I think being good at something does not give you the right to be a jerk. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, a- absolutely my father right. would call that being more Catholic than the church, but. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was Bud McCarthy, her dad, who was a mailman at South Minneapolis for 30 years. Um, an incredible guy. Just a couple of quick other things, Mom. Uh, just so cool that you got to meet Willie Nelson when you lived down in Austin, Texas. Uh, tell I that did. tell that story real quick about you and the okay, head well, shop. Okay, well, my husband and uh, the moment and I <laughs> lived in Austin, and I had met him after one of his concerts. And uh, so, I don't know, anyway, super guy. You know, it's not like I knew him or anything. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in a little coffee shop, head shop place in Austin, and I was just zoning out, looking at tea and herbs and not knowing what the hell to do. And and um, I'm sure I stood there for a very long time. And I, you know how you can feel somebody standing behind you? And I did. I turned around. It was Willie Nelson. Wow. <laughs> I said, oh, God, I'll get out of your way. You know how you just are uncomfortable or embarrassed. And it's <laughs> words out of his mouth. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't miss this for the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I said, well, now I'm putting you put me on the Spot, Which know? makes it even harder. Like, you, if you don't know, you're well, like... so he told me, I, my husband and I should come to his show that night. We didn't. You know, we he told us, he told me to just tell the guy at the door who we were, and they'd let me in, and sure enough, you know, so... Wow, and that was in Austin? In Austin, Texas, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. Hey, before we let you go and get to your second song selection, I have to ask because you know I've known Sean for well not as long as you have, but I've known <laughs> Sean. I've known Sean for a good. 20- I've known him almost since he was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was adopted. Oh, I've, I've known Sean. Oh for God, it slipped off finally. <laughs> well, well, well over twenty years, and you know, oh, really? we, we, oh yeah, we we go back working together in radio for a very long time, and have crisscrossed oh, paths. Now we haven't seen each other on the daily all those 20 plus no. years but we've known each other those uh, those years and always gotten along but i always wondered like you know you look at someone you're like what was that guy like as a kid so sean and i have so much in common a strong irish catholic background and yeah. a love of music i mean there's a lot of things we have in common which is why we agreed to do the brian oak show together but what i want to know is like when he was young and you're watching him grow up and people oh start to, do, to no, this is okay this is okay i'm, I'm not going too deep <laughs> oh i'm not going God. too deep 
But when he starts to grow up and when he starts to develop his own personality, at any point were you worried about what Sean was going to be? You're like, was, yeah. was, was he? <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> I mean, like, were, were you worried he was going to be a Michael P. Keaton? Like, or were you worried that he was going to be, uh, I don't know, an evangelical? I mean, what, what was something you were worried that Sean might become that you would not want him to become? Well, I was never worried that he would ever do anything that was mean or unkind or anything like that. So, or rob anybody, or <laughs> maybe I was naive. I don't know. Maybe he was robbing people. <laughs> <laughs> But With a fountain if, pen. If I worried about anything, it's that he, Sean would put his whole heart and his whole soul into everything he does. And I I like him, you know. I mean, well, <laughs> but full disclosure. I like him as a human being. I really do. He makes me laugh. But he's very intense, and he always was. And, yeah. he, he, and he, he lived in his own little world, and <laughs> he had... Should I tell him, Sean? Tell him. He had imaginary friends. I did. <laughs> Here we go. But the whole neighborhood. Finally. Had become, mm. The whole neighborhood when he was old boy had become, you know, we all, everybody in the neighborhood knew he had these friends. <laughs> and so, you know, we all co-signed it until he decided when he was about three and a half to kill them. Why can't we just do like, like a merciful release into the woods? Why do we have to no, kill them? No, he came home and he was hysterical crying. He had been out playing with the kids. Yeah, he's crying and he said, Mom, Mom. John, John, who was also Dino, we think might have done it. I don't know. We didn't know. Wow. <laughs> he got hit by a car. <laughs> What? And my first reaction is it was on the next street over. I said, what the hell were you doing over there? You're not supposed to go off the block. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know how with kids, you just kind of go along with things. And so within probably, I would say, an hour and a half, everybody in the neighborhood knew about the death. So, <laughs> but you and your friend and, actually got in the car, Mom, and drove around yes. because you said it was so believable. That this kid got uh, yeah. killed, I was like crying my eyes out, and but he was your imaginary. He friend. was my imaginary friend that I had killed off one day. Did did you actually let go that day, or did you ever see the I imaginary was it, friend I think. again? I think that was it. Well, in a way, then I feel like that, that was, was the end of it. Almost... But I asked to shrink about it years later. <laughs> I did. <laughs> a friend of mine was a shrink, and he said he was just didn't need him anymore. What? You know, yeah. and and I suppose that. Well, I was worried that he killed him. <laughs> I, suppose I didn't care that he had little imaginary friends, but I didn't like the idea that he killed him off, you know? Well, I'm sorry. In R- such a R- tragic R- way. R.I.P. John, right? Exactly. Am I right? Mom, I was going to say the only way you would let me go off that block, and we lived over in North Minneapolis, uh-huh. is if I had to go two blocks out of the way to go to Raj and Jim's to get you or my dad cigarettes with a note. What are you, son? <laughs> I told you not to. Look, no character is that. Every, 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 look, hey, hey, no, no one's well, judging. Colleen, no one's judging. Her. No, no, well. He, I was drunk. I needed the cigarettes to go. <laughs> Colleen, you and I, you and I need to have a longer conversation at some point because no kidding. If, if, there was, like if, if, if there was a time that I could have sent my daughter to go get cigarettes with a note but you lived in an era where that worked I did not ever live it I still don't live in an era where that works so um, so it was a simpler I, and a better time I like people that have their own drummers I, I people would tell you I probably have my own drummer and I would say my son is one of the most real human beings, like it or not like it. You know what you're getting. Well, and 
that's the greatest. I think that's the greatest thing in the world. Thank you, Mom. I love you, and I'm sorry that you're going through this stuff with COVID-19. I know Easter was lonely, and I know it's tough to not have... Yeah, I noticed that you didn't call me until I 9 did o'clock call, at I night. I called you at 9. I called her at 9. She was sound asleep. Well, okay. <laughs> not, 9 seems a little late, but that's yeah. okay. Hey, look, we're all going through our thing, and that's why we're doing this series called Checking In. Um, Colleen, we have yeah, to break here and get on to my mom, but this is... Well, I'm not quite done, so, you know... <laughs> you know <laughs> I warned you. Well, then Colleen, then, 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 Colleen, then Colleen, promise me this. I'm you have great stories. No, 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 no. You have great stories. I'm sick of both of you. Promise, <laughs> promise me this. You'll come back. We, we're going to do more of these shows. All right, very good. So before okay, we I love you, Sean. Love you too, Mama. Hey, you're not hanging up yet because you need to tell me why you chose oh, this song mind. by Janis Joplin. Oh, that song, yeah. Why did you choose it, Mom? Oh, why did I choose it? Yeah. Because, because she's another one that at that time in my life, I so was relating to not feeling like I fit in and not knowing where I belonged. And that's how I saw her. And she was so passionate about everything she did. And, and her story was just so sad. And I, you know, but also I thought she was talented. And, and that particular song made, I was also in a place where I would have loved to have had a color TV. and <laughs> no money to have one. <laughs> And it was either God or nothing. So so that was a good time. I took it very personally, let's put it that way. I like to do a song of great social and political import. It goes like this. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Dialing four dollars is trying to find me. I wait for delivery each day until three. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Oh Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? I'm counting on you, Lord. Please don't let me down. Prove that you love me and buy the next round. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town. Everybody, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? That's it. <laughs> May God bless and keep you always May your wishes all come true May you always do for others And let others do for you May you build a ladder to the stars 
climb on every rung and may you stay
Right there, a choice from my mom, Bob Dylan's Forever Young, which we'll talk to her about in a couple minutes here. But first, we do have to uh, thank some sponsors, because without them, we wouldn't be on episode 47 of The Brian Oak Show. Smart Start MN, they are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company, which means should you make that hideous ridiculous, silly, but all too common mistake of drinking and driving and you get busted and then you can't drive for a long time. They can get you back on the road. It doesn't mean your life's going to be easier. doesn't mean you don't have to go to court. doesn't mean you're not going to have to pay fines, but it does mean that you can get back on the road to get your kids to, well, I mean, right now, obviously we're all in lockdown, but when we're not, you can get your kids back to daycare. You can get them to school. You can get them to the lessons, to the sporting events, which we're going to talk more about on the next episode of this show because well, sporting events have kind of been shut down, but they will help you get back there sooner rather than later. And from far less than you would expect, uh, we had Ed and Mike on the show recently, and they're both not only great guys, they also are, they're the Minnesota's original uh, ignition interlock company. Yeah, they're the guys that went uh, to the legislature and and actually got this all passed. So the best way for you to be able to work uh, with them and give us a little bit of credit so they understand the advertising is working is just to go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. You can also click on the banner at brianoakshow.com. That'll go straight to their website, and then you get 20% off the ignition interlock installation whoa 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 whoa! we have a website we do we have a web uh platform okay a platform on the information superhighway we sure do brianoakshow.com or the brianoakshow.com i believe they both still work so thank you to smart start mn they signed on before we had done a single episode and here we are at episode number 47 continuing to check in and this episode's called your mom because we were to talk to Sean's mom. We're about to talk to my mom. And if you drop a your mom joke on me while my mom is on this show, mm. you are in effing trouble, Sean. Mm. But before we talk to my mom, I also want to thank Busters on 28th. We live in this weird time. Like, we're just up the street from a couple of great music venues and a couple of low-quality pizza joints. And, uh, I mean, a lot of also nice high-end restaurants, other things like that. You know, record shops, bookstores. There's all these great mom-and-pop shops that lead to the fabric of our society that if we lose them during this unprecedented pandemic, it's going to make our world lesser than it is. And one of them is Busters on 28th, mere blocks from where I live in southeast Minneapolis, literally a block and a half away from Lake Hiawatha. We ordered curbside to go for my wife and my son and I yesterday. I was so impressed because the guy that brought out our food, double gloving it. Yeah. Not just one glove on each hand. He was double gloving it. Super safe. So are you telling me he had four arms? No, he had four gloves, two hands. I see. Two arms. Double gloving it. Yeah. I, I, well, no and legs. That, and that's where we... <laughs> Don't say things like that. We're going to get angry emails. Um, then that's where we are. Like right now, you know, Sean and I are risking each other's company in the Smart Start MN studio here. But we're also... I've washed my hands five times. Time since I've been here. I'm using, there's not enough Purell on the planet. I'm using a hand sanitizer that was handmade by some chemical engineer friend of my wife's. It's, um, it's burning actually right now as we speak, but that means that it's good for you. 
I'm sure it's working. It's taking off that first layer. Oh, the first couple layers, really. But stopping by Buster's and getting food, they do curbside pickup. You call ahead. It's ready to go. That Cubano is, it's like a katana. It's like a throwing star. It is such, it's so, so good. It comes with great fries. Also, they're homemade onion rings. But that's not all they have. So you go to bustersontwentyeighth.com. 28th being the number, not the written out words. Bustersontwentyeighth.com. Order ahead. Keep them alive. For whatever reason, Three, four, five weeks into lockdown, they're still pals of the Brian Oak Show. So nice of them to still be on board. Thank you, guys. Yeah, very, very much. Thank you very much. And um, also, they happen to have good food. Like, if they didn't have good food, they'd be like, meh, what are you going to do? Uh, but they're, they're very, very good. It is the Brian Oak Show, and we are doing another checking in episode. We already talked to Sean's mom. Now we're talking to my mom, one Judy Oak. How are you, mom? I'm good. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You know, I saw you most recently, just a couple short days ago. Um, Easter, you know, our family, we we have a pretty, you know, significant sized collective family here right in town. Not massive, but big enough to be loud when we all get together, be it, you know, Christmas or seasonal birthdays or Easter, which we usually get together for. And I know it's not easy for anybody right now being locked down. And you and dad decided to go ahead and go pick up takeout food from a really cool place with good food and bring it to me and your daughter and others. And um, so I had to see you through a screen door, which is not my favorite way to see my mom, but I, I got to see you through that. But it was really nice of you to do that for your offspring. And, you know, when I tell people, they're like, why do you uh, why are you so teary? <laughs> why do you cry so much? Why are, why do you want to be nice to people? I'm like, well, talk to my mother, okay? Talk, because you're the one. You you taught me that that like people matter and feelings matter. And uh, oof, it's well. Thanks for that, mom. Thanks for that. Oh, you're very you're very welcome, honey. This might be also a pretty emotional time for most people. I mean, you know, this is this is a tough time. We're all kind of stuck inside. Uh, people are crying at commercials, for God's sake. I mean, you know, and so um, it was our pleasure. It was fun to see you guys. I don't, I'm not sure that I've seen you since Christmas. No, I know. So after Christmas, my parents who, um, growing up, we were not a wealthy family, but we were also not an abjectly poor family. We were right in the middle. You know, I didn't, I didn't get a Camaro for my birthday, uh, when I turned 16. You got a Firebird instead. But, no, but I, but I also like never really wanted for, like we had plenty of food and I was able to sneak my ripped jeans out of the house and wear them to high school to be a pretend punk rocker in Coon Rapids back in 1985. Um, although one time I got busted and I had had to leave those jeans at home um i but i you know we, we had it we had a good time growing up and we got to go on vacations and do things like that but my parents now like the day after christmas usually or maybe the day after the day after christmas they're like we are the out of here we are gone and they they're gone to point south arizona to visit their friends down there the snowbirds who lived there a long time back up through oregon where i was born and then drive back to minnesota you still clearly enjoy each other's company but no that was the first time i'd seen your face since the day after christmas when we played a little poker and um and then uh yeah i it's just it's weird these are unprecedented times i mean have you ever known anything like this Never, never. No, I'm 72 years old and this is the oddest experience ever. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's truly kind of one day at a time, get up, 
and you exercise and you do your thing and then you think, okay, what am I going to make for food today? And you try to stay out of the kitchen as much as possible. Um, you try to stay motivated. Way, way, way too much Netflix. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Not, very odd. N- now, I'd have to say your father, mm. on the other hand, might be say. sliding through <laughs> Sliding through this a little easier than I am in that the corner of the couch, feet up, watching, binging on Netflix. Oh, my God. I mean, the man is not suffering. No, no. I feel like dad has been like, so like Olympic <laughs> Olympic athletes trained from the time that they're preteens. My, my father, from the time he retired, which was some time ago, by the way, he retired early. My father, uh, my father has been training for this experience the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, mom. Is that a safe estimate? Yeah, I'd say so. So, I mean, he, his ability to not only find multiple naps in the day, to watch uh, Discovery ID, because he loves that true crime stuff, and also his love of golf. Now, that's what's really going to uh, get in the way of his next few months, is the loss of golf. Like, he'll be like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do Thursday through Sunday? <laughs> yeah, and Ron and I share that, because yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of the Masters tournament, and I'm sure that he was as saddened as I was by the fact that the Masters wasn't on this last weekend. Oh, indeed. And, of course, you know, we just kind of clicked past it because they're showing all of these old golf yes. tournaments and yeah. all that, and, yeah. and he really isn't interested in that. I mean, he likes oh. the, the drama of not knowing who and the playoffs and all of those kind of things. And so, and so yeah, it, it, it kind of is strange. Um, on the other hand, we're Zooming with family, um, I'm doing conference calls with my siblings. Um, um, I actually did a, a distance group with four ladies in Anoka where I grew up the other day where we were in sterilized chairs sitting six feet apart in someone's driveway on the day that it was 70 degrees, and which was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And so, you know, it's not like um, I don't really feel like we're really suffering. It's just odd. Very, very odd. So, Mom, just for a little bit of background before we move forward, um, you know, I, when I tell people, I've lived here my whole life, right? Mostly, except I was born in Portland, Oregon. Right. And it's, so it's weird for me because there are people like, Southside, born and raised. <laughs> East St. Paul, born and raised. And I'm like, well, I was no. born I, I was born in Portland, but we, we moved here by the time I was at least like three, Right. Right, via California. Exactly. So, yeah, so, we but, lived for a couple years in California, and then we came back when you were, yeah, I'd say about three. That sounds right. Okay, but before we get there, I want to know more about my mom. I want to know, you grew up in Anoka, Minnesota, correct? I did. And I, However, oh, however, oh. I was born in Oregon. I mean, I actually, I was born across the river in Washington, in Vancouver, Washington. But my folks lived in Portland, Oregon, where my sister was born, because it was right after the war, and that's where the jobs were. Well, exactly. So they moved out there to work where, the, so was it shipyards, or what? What? where did your parents... It was. They moved out to the shipyards, because yeah. that's where the jobs were. They moved out there. That's where you were born. Were they originally from here before they moved out to Oregon? They were both from North Dakota. They were both from Grand Forks. 
And then they moved out there because there were jobs, and frankly, people need money to eat. Trust me, I understand that more than anybody right now. You, they move out there, they work in the shipyards, and then does the work dry up? What brings them back to Minnesota? I, you know, I'm talking about Roy and Denise, your, your mom and dad. Yeah. Actually, what brought them back was I was probably maybe two or so, and we were living in a community that had been built up for post-war the guys coming back, cheap housing called Vanport, and it was in Washington State, right across the river from Portland, and they had a huge, a dike broke, or a dam broke, and they had a huge flood, and they lost everything, because they lived in Vanport, Vanport, and everything just went away, and so they literally took the shirts on their back and the two kids and got on a train and came back to Minneapolis-St. Paul, where uh, some of the family lived and started life back here. How is it that I've made it to 51 years old? I'll be 52 in less than a month now. Thank you. Uh, I've never heard the story about the flood that destroyed your childhood home that led you back to Minnesota. Well, maybe because, as you said earlier, when we all get together, there's like 15, 16 of us. Most of us are Irish. Most of us are loud, and nobody ever listens. Well, you know what? You've probably told the story 25 times in my life, and I've never heard it. But to me, now, we, we have to, we're, you and I are doing a, a, a Zoom at some point in the near future and just talking about that. So it turns out both my mother and I were born in the Pacific Northwest, but then spent our life growing up here. So you grew up in Anoka. You go to, where do you go to? Fred Moore, Anoka High School. How, how does that work growing up? Yeah, Fred Moore didn't really exist. Uh, Anoka Junior High did, which was right downtown Anoka, and then Anoka Senior High is is where Fred Moore eventually was housed. And then in 1965, I graduated, thought I was going to go to the U of M to nursing school in the fall. Instead, joined Vista, which was the Domestic Peace Corps, and oddly enough, sent me back out to Portland, Oregon. Very good. Where you met my father, who I understand is quite charming and handsome. I only say that because I am more like him than anyone I know on the planet. Um, And um, there we are. And then I'm born out there. We moved to Northern California for a while. We lived near a serial killer. And then we moved back to the Twin Cities. (laughs) That, yes. That sums it up. Sean, Sean's looking at me like, no way. But we're, we're, <laughs> already, we're already going too too long. I'll tell you the story of Juan Corona another time. But we're going to save that for a future episode. Maybe our Mother's Day episode. I feel like the serial killer story should wait for our oh, Mother's I Day episode. Oh, I think we've got to wait on that. Judy, what's your maiden name? Collins. Collins, Judy Collins. How uh, about that? And her mother's maiden Judy name Collins. is Ryan. And her mother's maiden name is O'Hara. So... Go ahead, Russian hair terrorist. Go ahead and hack into that. But I'm just saying that if you if you doubt, because Sean obviously has a very deep uh, Irish heritage as well. If you doubt my Irish heritage, it is uh, it is strong with this one. And we have Ryan's in our family as well. So going way back to Ireland. So very very interesting. So we're prob- oh, wow. we're probably related. I hope so. Could be. Can I, can I start calling you cuz? Sure. Uh, so, Mom, we have, to, we have to cut this relatively short here, and we're going to get to your next song, which is, luckily it'll only be the fifth time I've cried during this show because it's such a powerful song. Um, we are going to do a Mother's Day episode coming up in just a few weeks. Will you come back, Mom? I would love to. All right, very good. Before we do that, um, as uh, and I don't think Sean will believe you, as a high school student, as a, a young man, um, was I a rabble rouser 
or was I a tedious, square-ass rule follower? I choose to be just a nice young man who always did the right thing. Aww. And here's the problem. She's not being sarcastic. How many many curfews did I ever miss? Never. And the thing was, though, I, I I was starting to get that taste, and I'd be like, if I leave right now, I know I can be home in 13 minutes. And as midnight hit, I, the car pulled into the driveway, right? Absolutely. Every time. In fact, your dad and I used to think that you parked around the corner, waited, waited until it was 10 seconds before midnight, and then pulled into the driveway. Yeah. No, I got to be honest. I just, um, I'm not very good at very many things. I have very few skill sets. But uh, <laughs> one thing I know how to do was... Nail a curfew, because you know what? Why why, why, bother, why bother with the hassle, man? Why bother with the hassle? Uh, Mom, thanks again for everything on Easter, and I love you. And um, we're going to talk again in a couple few weeks for Mother's Day, if that's all right with you. Sounds good. Love you, too. Nice to talk to you, Sean. Yep, nice to talk to you, Judy. All right, give my best to Dad. And before you go, Mom, you're not allowed to hang up yet. You have to tell me why you chose this particular... I mean, other than the fact that it's one of the most devastating songs of all time and so emotionally you know, heavy, what, why did you decide to pick this song today? Well, actually, I still remember the first time I heard it. It absolutely grabbed me. I thought it was one of the most fantastic songs I had ever heard. I immediately called you being my go-to for finding music. And you said, tough job because Leonard Cohen had, you know, copyrights on it, obviously, because he wrote it. And he wasn't letting other people record it. I was going to have a hard time finding it. The next time I heard it was a version of it in Shrek with my grandchildren. And then uh, now it's everywhere on the Internet. And I absolutely just everything about this song I love. Love you, Mom. Love you, too. Now I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall.